Tony Bennett, the legendary singer, philanthropist, and New York City icon, passed away last week at the age of 96. He leaves behind one of the greatest songbooks in American history and a legacy that will live on forever. From classic hits like I Left My Heart in San Francisco and The Way You Look Tonight, to his newer collaborations with modern artists like Lady Gaga, Bennett combined pop and jazz to bring the sounds of the past with him into the forefront of popular music. Tonight, we look back on Tony Bennett's incredible career, which spanned over 70 years. In that time, he sold over 50 million records and earned countless accolades, including 20 Grammy Awards and a Kennedy Center honor. Then, we reflect on Tony Bennett's lifetime of service, which led to the founding of the Frank Sinatra School of the Arts in Astoria, Queens, to help bring high-quality arts education to thousands of students from across New York City. This special edition of Metrofocus starts right now. This is Metro Focus with Raphael P. Roman, Jack Ford, and Jenna Flanagan. Metro Focus is made possible by Sue and Edgar Wackenheim III, Philemon M. D'Agostino Foundation, the Peter G. Peterson and Joan Gans Cooney Fund, Bernard and Denise Schwartz, Barbara Hope Zuckerberg, and by Jody and John Arnhold. Dr. Robert C. and Tina Sohn Foundation, the Ambrose Monell Foundation, Estate of Roland Carlin. Out of the tree of life, I just picked me a plum. Legendary singer, performer, and artist Tony Bennett is best known for the millions of records he has sold, but he's also passionate about another area of art. Bennett, a 19-time Grammy Award-winning singer, has been painting all of his life and has a reputation as an accomplished visual artist with three paintings in the Smithsonian. Several of his paintings have been commissioned by such organizations as the United Nations, and some of his works are in the private collections of Lady Gaga, President Bill Clinton, and others. I had the chance to catch up with him and his wife, Susan Benedetto, at the Paley Center for Media, where selected paintings in Tony Bennett, celebrating 90 years of artistry, illustrate such subjects as world travels, fellow musicians, and New York Central Park. I began by asking him about how it all came about back on the streets of New York in Astoria, Queens. In the apartment building where I lived, there was a James McWeeny, who is a wonderful artist, teacher, and he said, come on, let's go to Central Park and, and, and paint. I said, wow, that would be nice. And I couldn't believe it. I saw him doing watercolors next to him, and I couldn't believe how wonderful he painted. And he inspired me to just keep doing that for the rest of my life. So you started your painting as a very young boy. Right. You also started your singing as a very young boy. What, what did your family think about all of this, the painting that you were doing and the singing, the performing that you were doing? Well, my mom was wonderful. She saw which way I was going, and she did so much to encourage me at the right time and the right place. You know, when she saw that I was interested in show business, I said, Mom, it's your birthday, let's go somewhere. She said, I want to see Ella Fitzgerald. And I couldn't believe it. We went to see Ella Fitzgerald, and she came over to me, and that's when I first started recording. 
and Ellis said, I love your record. And uh, I never got over that to this day. No, that Ellis liked something that I did at, at a very early age, age. When I was walking around and looking at your paintings here in the Paley Center, the exhibit, I was struck by the expanse of the types of paintings that you've done over the years. I saw watercolors, I saw oils, I saw pastels, I saw, I saw charcoal sketches. Is there one area that you prefer to work in? No, I like all of it. How do you decide what scene? You know, you've got still lifes and you've got scenes, marvelous scenes of Central Park. Um, scenes in New York, cabs in the rain. Then there's some wonderful scenes in, in France, uh, in Italy. What is it that strikes your attention, that makes you say, you know what, that's I want to paint that. How do you decide that? That's a very good question. Uh, I look at it and just say, this would be a good oil painting, or this would be a good watercolor painting, or this might be just a simple sketch. It comes about spontaneously. How about the, the, the portraits you do? I saw some portraits, Louis Armstrong, wonderful thing, uh, um, some sketches, uh, Lady Gaga, uh, Stevie Wonder. And I would think that portraits are a very different thing to do, so who do you decide you want to do portraits of? Well, people that I respect an awful lot. I respect their talent, uh, I respect them as human beings, and then I try to paint them or photograph them or give an impression of those people that I really respect. What do you think about it? Because I was watching you and, and, and they brought you in to show you the exhibit here in the Paley Center. And I saw you go from painting to painting and look at them and step back, almost as if you were observing them for the first time. Right. So what do you think when you walk into a room and the walls are covered with your works? I couldn't believe it. I was so knocked out that I walked into a room where all these paintings were done individually through the years, and all of a sudden they were all in one room. I was struck by the fact, as I looked at the paintings, they're all signed by you, and they're signed Benedetto. That's my family name. Why did you choose to still use that then on your paintings? To try and communicate in show business, I stylized my name to say Bennett it's to simplify it so that people get to know me but uh, Benedetto is a very wonderful name in Italian it's translated a blessed one the blessed, the blessed one. one yeah it's a blessed one and I suspect you would look at your life and say that was appropriate <laughs> to be the blessed one, given your Very opportunities. True. Very true. And, and Susan, you, you use Benedetto. I do. You it's do. a beautiful name. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. yeah. And it, <laughs> I, again, embraces that, that whole family and the support that he had been given, the tradition yeah. of his family. Yeah. I mean, that's his family name. That is his real name. And I, I just love it. I'm very proud to, to have it. And I saw a story about that that came from Bob Hope. Right. How did that happen? Well, he saw me down in the village, and he t took me on, on the road with him. I mean, you're, I, a young, I you're a young just guy said, just trying God, to make it I'm in the in business? I'm in show business, you know. And he took me to the West Coast, and I've been in show business ever since. And he was the one that said to you, here's the name you're going to use, not Anthony Benedetto. Right. You're Tony Bennett. That's that came right. from Bob Hope. He gave me that name, right. And he just announced you like that on stage, yeah. right? He just announced you like that one night. That's he right. didn't tell you what he was going to do. <laughs> so right? you're walking around saying, who's this Tony Bennett guy? Yeah, he's like who's looking behind him. Out? Where am I coming out to sing? And you realize, wait a minute, that's me. 
It was at the Paramount Theater. He announced me as Tony Bennett, and it was the first time I ever heard that name. <laughs> you talk about Count Basie and how he helped you, especially at a, a time in your career when things were changing. You talked about the Beatles were getting popular, and you were looking at, well, where should I go now? And Count Basie gave you some advice. He was at Birdland, and every night it was the most popular thing you could do in New York City. And, and as close as you and I are right now, that's how he liked the first customer to be this close to him right here. He liked, them, he liked everybody close to him. And he taught me to work intimately instead of pushing to the back of the house. He said, just work this way. And it communicates, you know. I read something one time where somebody was talking about you when you're singing. And they said, you have this magical ability to take a song from decades ago and make it feel as comfortable for your audience as if you're sitting over a, a cup of coffee and having a conversation. Is that a good way to, to explain how you like to perform? Yeah, if you do it with good music, if you do it with a song that will always be good no matter what year it is, if you do something that's so good that it's good now and it's good 10 years from now and it's good 20 years from now, if it's that good, it's always going to be good. So you stay with quality. I'm going to ask you about a couple of your songs. Um, I Left My Heart in San Francisco is well, that was the big certainly one. the big one, the favorite. I left my heart. I imagine wherever you perform, they expect you to sing that song. Right. Does it ever as a performer, do you ever get tired of being asked to sing I Left My Heart in San Francisco? Does it ever never. tire, never at all? Never. Do you get as much I enjoyment? I love the city, I, lo I love everything about it. When I yeah. sing it, I, I try to show people what a wonderful city that it is. Uh, so much so that I decided not to live there because I would be bothered by all of the, the people there. So, so you get I live to enjoy it from a So that when I go there, it's a big, a big moment for me. For so many years now, you have been painting and you've been singing. Do you see a connection between your art and your music? Oh, absolutely. What kind of connection? Well, it's an art form, music and art. And it's so great to be swimming around in all of that. It's a wonderful feeling. Do you still get to paint every day or almost every day? Every day. Why is that important to you, to be able to do that every day? Well, you try to keep growing. You want to improve. You want to simplify it. Someone might say to you, Tony, you're 90. <laughs> you, know, you don't need to keep growing if you don't want to. So why, why do you want to keep growing with your art and your music? Well, I know I'm 90, but I'm just starting out. <laughs> There's that much to learn. There's a, a lot more you could do. The whole idea is to get better as much as you can. Well, it's been a fascinating journey, of course, and, and we are also thrilled that in some way we've been able to accompany you on this journey. Well, thank you very, very much. Jeff. It's been a pleasure talking with both of you. Both be well. Thank you, Jack.
No one else in popular music has recorded for as long and at such a high level of excellence as the legendary singer, artist, and performer Tony Bennett. For more than seven decades, the 19 Grammy Award winner has sold millions of records around the world, with 10 million records in the last 10 years alone. He has had 24 songs in the top 40, including I Want to Be Around, The Good Life, Who Can I Turn To, and his signature song, I Left My Heart in San Francisco. I left my heart in San Francisco. But he began his artistic achievement as a young boy here in New York, in the Astoria section of Queens, New York, where he was born some 90 years ago. Now, he and his wife, Susan Benedetto, a former dedicated teacher and champion of public schools, are making dreams come true for thousands of New York City public high school students. They started the Exploring the Arts, or ETA organization, back in 1999 to help transform the lives of young people through arts education. It began with their dream to create the Frank Sinatra School of the Arts, a public high school in Tony's hometown of Astoria, Queens. And now, the ETA program serves 33 public high schools, 27 of them here in New York and six in LA. I recently caught up with both of them at the Paley Center for Media, which is celebrating Tony's 90 years of artistry with an exhibition of his original artwork. And I began by asking why he has been so passionate about supporting the arts in the public schools. I think the American public should be encouraged to be as creative as possible. We should all create. And the more we create individually, the more it'll go out into the world. And we'll get great respect from the rest of the world for saying good things about being alive. Susan, you were a teacher mm -hmm. for many years. Yeah. So I'm sure you saw where as budgets got tighter, one of the first things that went away were the arts. Yeah. The arts and, and sports. Yeah. The two reasons why kids come to school. Right. You know? To keep them in school. Yeah. Why was it so important then for, for you and Tony? And let's, let's focus first on the, the Frank Sinatra School of the Arts. Why was it so important to create that? And what were you helping, hoping to get from it? Well, as you say, I was a teacher at an arts school, arts high school. Tony, when he was in public school, there were good arts programs. When, you know, and it, so we each in our own way saw firsthand the difference that the arts make in a, children, a child's life. And when you teach the arts, the kids want to come to school. And they tend to do better across all their disciplines. They are able to discover who they are at a critical time. You know, as a teen, you're trying to figure out where do I fit in the world. And they discover their creativity. And they discover the creativity of others. Uh, and celebrate that. And the great thing about public education is it brings people together from all walks of life. So your, art, you know, your fellow artist, your classmate, might be from a totally different background than you. But you come together over the shared experience of creating or simply experiencing art. And you look beyond those differences and you're no longer afraid of those differences. You really celebrate and realize that my perspective is as valuable as your perspective. And that, I think, is what brings you know, the world together, brings people together, is that shared experience 
in the arts. I mean, and, and Tony had all these wonderful experiences as a youngster where he was able to realize his dreams, and we see that taken away, like you say, with budget cuts. Tony, let me ask you about that, because you, as a, as a teenager, went to a high school, the High School for Industrial Arts. Right. right. How did that help to shape you? How did that help to push you in the direction that you it eventually traveled everything. in? It meant everything. In junior school and in high school, they, they all said, you know, you have to do a lot of work. And the new school said, go into Central Park. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> they said, paint nature. Yeah, wander into the park and do some painting. Yeah, paint, paint nature. Just study nature. And, and this was your experience in high school. And here I am, 90 years old, and I'm still studying <laughs> nature. Still wandering into the park to study. Uh, here's my question, Tony, for you. It's not the Tony Bennett School of the Arts. It's the Frank Sinatra School of the Arts. Why did you choose to put Frank's name on that school? That's how much I respected him, because he really was the first one as a solo artist to make popular music very, very famous. And I was inspired by him being 15 years older than me, and he was my inspiration. And he is to this day, he was a, a magnificent artist that always depended on quality music. And I saw at one point in time where Frank Sinatra said, you know who the best singer is out there right now? Tony Bennett. Well, what did he know? <laughs> <laughs> I think he knew a lot to, 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 to pick you as But that. you know, if I may, one of our most successful programs that we have with our nonprofit, Exploring the Arts, is our Tony Bennett Apprenticeship Program. And in a way, Right, Sinatra was one of your mentors when you started oh, out. So in, in, right? in a way, and so now he we got just, to apprentice. Yeah, to some it, extent. It, it, yeah, Frank to Sinatra. a degree. It wasn't, you know, a true apprenticeship, right. but he helped you out a lot when you were first oh, starting out. And he was so inspiring to me. Right, I couldn't believe it. He was so generous to you. You talked about your nonprofit. Talked mm -hmm. about exploring the arts. Tell me a little bit about how that works. Now, I, there are about thirty-three now partner schools that you have between, between New, New York, York and, and Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. Exactly. How does it work when Exploring the Arts gets involved with one of these partner schools? We were uh, welcomed in, in both New York and Los Angeles because both cities value the arts so much and public education. In a way, it's rather easy. You know, we don't have to go through any bureaucracy. We reach out to schools. Um, and they send us uh, proposals. We work in schools for a total of four years, and then they move on to being, you know, sort of our, uh, our graduates, so to speak, uh, our legacy schools. But the Sinatra School we always support. But they present their goals, and we work with them on an annual basis to make sure that they are working to achieve high-quality, sustainable arts programs. If they have a certified arts teacher, they have to have at least one, because how can they sustain a program? But if they have that, we will come in with the funding and the guidance and the opportunities to help them structure these programs so they can, you know, carry on. What kind of reaction have the two of you gotten to all that you've done for, for education in, in public schools? What kind of satisfaction has that provided for the two of you? It's tremendously satisfying to know you're doing something great for young people, of course. But I also see it personally for me as I love it as part of Tony's legacy because he really wants to give back the way people helped him when he started out. So that's tremendously gratifying. And uh, just one quick story, you probably remember it. Our first graduating class of the Sinatra School, 
among people like Tony and Harry Belafonte, Jerry Seinfeld, we had all sorts of people there, it was great. We had the late Governor Mario Cuomo. And I've never forgotten this because it really, talk about inspirational and motivating you to keep going, especially in this day and age. He was talking to the kids and he ended his speech by saying that a nation gets its soul from the arts, not its military or its economy. It gets its soul from the arts and therefore brings hope to the world. So he challenged the graduates to go out and give hope to the world. And I thought to myself, what could be better than helping these young people to have that opportunity than to go out and give hope to the world? So it might sound corny, but it touched me, it touched those graduates, that that is what we are helping these kids do, to go out and give the world hope. Nothing could be better than that, or more important, especially in this day and age. So, you know, we go to sleep on that every night. ETA also runs an after-school apprenticeship program for 11th and 12th graders selected from its partner schools. The program places them as paid apprentices in mentorship with professionals working in various areas of the arts. Tonight, you're going to meet two of them. Norasana Brereton is a high school senior at the Urban Assembly School for Law and Justice in Brooklyn. It's currently an ETA apprentice at the Martha Graham Dance School. And Maggie Lavin is a graduate of the program, now a college student, working part-time at Kaufman Astoria Studios, where she previously served her apprenticeship. And we're delighted to have both of you here with Thank us you. today. Thank, Thank you, you so much for joining us. Maggie, let me start with you. I'm going to ask you both the same question. How did you first learn about this program, and, and, and what attracted you to it? Well, I learned about it through my time at Frank Sinatra High School. I studied film. And... I heard about this program to go across the street to Kaufman Astoria Studios and learn about the business side of film. In school, you really learned about production and being a director, what, it, what went into creating a piece, but you never really learned about the business and the finance and the contracts that go into it. So and that gave you a chance to, to do more of that. I'll come back and talk to you about that in just a minute. Narsan, how about you? Well, actually, I transferred my sophomore year into the Urban Assembly School for Law and Justice. I came from Brooklyn High School of the Arts, so I was a dance major my freshman year coming into a school that was all about law. So I had an enrichment team and Miss Klugman, she was actually a part of the enrichment team, and she introduced to me that they have a program coordinated with my school called um, ETA. And she asked me would I be interested in joining. And she told me about all of the programs they had in regards to dancing, acting, art, singing. And I was telling her I was interested in it. So then I signed up for Martha Graham Dance School in connection to ETA and realizing that Martha Graham, I'm actually able to work clerical as well as participate in class. Right. So. Let's talk about because I think it's important for you to realize both of you taking very rigid and, and robust curriculum courses that everybody else takes in high school and you're you're doing this additional work in the arts that you were able to choose so maggie for you first um what what pushed you in the direction so you get your apprenticeship at, at the kaufman studios what did you discover there me <laughs> um, that's, a, I really, that's a great answer yeah I really, how, how so i walked into the executive office and i saw that is what i want that's what i want to be and I found a way to make it happen. Um, it really pushed me go, go to, to work harder and, and be more well-rounded, like not only in my art form, but also in all of my studies. 
it, it became really important to me that um, I just be as successful as possible in everything I do so that one day I could be that executive office. And how about you for your dance? Now, obviously, you had some interest in dance to start with. Yes. How has the apprenticeship um, at the Martha Graham Dance Studio, how has that helped for that to flourish in you? Okay, so before attending Martha Graham Dance School, I was already dancing with my dance school pair Elements. Mm -hmm. So it was like I was coming into a dance school with new people, a new technique of dance, the Graham technique. That's, that's not easy, I would think, for a teenager. Yes. So. New, new is not necessarily good for teenagers, <laughs> yes. right? But when I entered there, everybody there had good hospitality. Everybody there were welcoming. They were willing to help me. So I went into the class. The teachers introduced themselves. The students were very friendly. And I took class every Monday, Tuesday, and Saturday for an hour and 30 minutes. And it was challenging at first. The technique is very rigorous. It's very advanced. It helped me advance my technique from what I knew before. And I just got better and better. Every, like at the end of every class, the teachers would check up on me. They were asking me how I thought I was doing. They would tell me I was doing really good, catching up with the pace. Well, I'm sure that Tony and Susan would be very proud of the two of you. We mentioned an accounting major, uh, doing your work part-time. You were about to graduate from high school, yes. start college. You're going to be a criminal justice major, but you're going to continue your dance. Correct, yes. Right. Well, you're both wonderful success stories, and I'm sure, as I said, Tony and Susan would be very proud of you. Thank you both for joining us, and good luck to the two of you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for well. having us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And for more information on Exploring the Arts, please log on to our website, metrofocus.org. Thanks for tuning in to MetroFocus. You can take our award-winning program with you wherever you go with MetroFocus, the podcast. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. Or simply ask your smart speaker to play MetroFocus, the podcast. Also available at MetroFocus.org, WLIW.org slash radio, and on the NPR One app.